Hello there, my name is Johnny Rose and I'm the host of In The Know, the podcast for B2B professionals that want to beat the competition. With me today is Pam Didner. Pam is a marketing consultant, writer and speaker and the author of two books, Global Content Marketing and, more recently, Effective Sales Enablement. She has given presentations and workshops in the US, Europe, South America and Asia and Pam's forte is to create successful global marketing plans that meet local marketing and sales team needs. Pam shares marketing thoughts at pamdidner.com, that's P-A-M-D-I-D-N-E-R.com, and contributes articles to The Guardian, Huffington Post, Content Marketing Institute, and other publications. Pam Didner, welcome to In The Know. Yeah, thank you so much, Johnny. I really appreciate that you uh, invite me, and uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Pam. Well, Pam, I feel I've given a bit of an introduction to you, but I think what would be very helpful for our audience today is if you could tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got involved in the world of sales enablement. Uh, certainly, Johnny. So I know you introduced me as a marketing consultant, author and speaker, just that everybody know that's completely completely overrated. <laughs> I'm literally just here trying to make a living. And um, yeah, the reason how I got involved with uh, sales enablement, um, as a marketer, uh, my previous life in the corporate world, I'm not just doing the marketing campaigns uh, and deal with the marketing launches. A, a portion of my job is actually supporting um, indirect and a direct sales force. So I work very closely with uh, my uh, sales force and the sales team, and also I supported a bit of the indirect sales force, which is uh, channel partner, channel partners, distributors, and um, you know um, the service uh, solution service providers. And uh, working with them uh, has provided a slightly different or unique perspective in terms of how marketing. Uh, worked and um, that gave me an idea in terms of hey you know what there are a lot of marketers out there supporting sales but I rarely discover or found any books that talking about how marketers can better support sales does that make sense a lot there's a lot of books out there talking about sales and marketing alignments and I 100% agree with that and I touch a little bit on that as well but I really um, uh, talk about, hey, as a marketer, what can we do to better support our sales team? So that's really the inception of the book. In so. Interesting. And that book is called Effective Sales Enablement, if anyone listening today wants to listen to that. So Pam, you started to tell us a little bit about why you wrote the book, why you wrote Effective Sales Enablement, and how you wanted to come at it from a different perspective, looking at how marketers can enable mm -hmm. their colleagues in sales rather than the other way around. With that yep. in mind, I know the book is quite expansive, but what are some of the key thoughts or the key perspectives that you bring up in this topic of, of sales enablement? What are the key two or three points you make throughout that book? Um, I uh, Obviously, there are about 10 chapters in that book, and it's about 200 pages, and there's a lot of stuff I cover. The main things, like I said, uh, the book is really about from a marketer's perspective. But before I talk about that a little bit more, I want to share with everybody the, com the conventional or the most common definition of a sales enablement in the US, if you will, uh, tend to be sales onboarding and sales training. 
So when people talking about enabling sales, and they really talking about what are the things that uh, the people can do to actually enable sales, um, or train them better. So it's really onboarding and training. I kind of expand that definition a little bit in terms of looking enabling sales from a marketer's perspective, right? So if we look at from the lenses of a marketer's, we need to think through in terms of what are the tools that we are using at this point. Uh, can some of those tools be used on the sales side? Does that make sense? So that's how I kind of look at the sales enablement from marketing's perspective. It's like, hey, that's leveraging any tools that we have, and see if we can help sales team. And then one of the great example is um, the marketers tend to be on the digital's uh, forefront. So if you look at any kind of B2B companies, um, the first uh, division or the department organizations that adapt, adopt a digital marketing tend to be on the marketing side. So they have to do uh, social medias, they have to do email marketing, they have to do retargeting ads. It's very, very technology uh, centric, right? And there's a lot of learning that being captured in that. Well. You know, can uh, sales also leverage some of that learning? Well, marketing are using emails. Obviously, sales are doing that as well. But there's quite a bit of a best practice, also the tribal knowledge that's been captured on the email marketing in the past 10-15 years that uh, marketers are doing. Well, can they share that actually with the sales team? So when I was looking at the sales enablement.、Um, Writing this book, I was looking what are some of the best way that the marketing can transfer their knowledge to sales or leverage some of the marketing tools that we are using that as a part of a sales negotiation. Is that helpful? That is very helpful, and, and thank. And what's really good about what you've done、uh, there, Pam, is not only. Have you brought your sort of new paradigm and perspective to the area? But you've actually defined sales enablement in quite a, a novel way because you are correct. Historically or traditionally or popularly,、yep. one thinks of sales enablement as really just the preserve of bringing. It's just the purview of salespeople and and their realm. And actually, I like how you've brought it back up the funnel again. That there is a responsibility for salespeople's colleagues in marketing to enable and help them further. A little mischievous question to you then, Pam. I know that、sure. your your perspective is how marketers can help those in sales, but I want to. And I know you'll say, well, perhaps this is more common, but I still think it's something to bring out in our conversation. On the flip side, what can What should salespeople, or what can those working in sales, what do they need to appreciate about what's happening to those in marketing? Because the marketing environment is changing quite a lot for the modern market. It's becoming very complex, complex buyer journeys, complex tools,、uh, you know, multiple buyer personas and journeys to craft. What What are some things that, when you're speaking just to salespeople, you want them to understand about their colleagues in marketing? Um. I think there are two ways, or multiple ways, to actually、um, uh, approach that. And、um, salespeople, they are their jobs are difficult if you think about it, right? And、uh, they have a quota they have to meet, and they deal with rejections constantly. And、um, they are the they they have ups and downs they have to go through. <laughs> Every single quarter,、mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter how kick-ass they did their job for the previous quarter. When the, the new quarter start, everything starts over again, 
And uh, that's and they do that day in and day out. And um, it's hard. It's not that easy to actually be a salesperson. And I actually have a high respect for them, to be honest. And uh, and now I started working for myself and I left the corporate world four years ago and I started working for myself and I do a lot of biz dev and then try to build uh, the my own pipeline in terms of the you know MQL and the SQL. And I started, once I started doing the sales side of my job and I was like, oh my God, this is very, very hard. And I think it's very important that sales not just doing their jobs, but takes time to educate the marketing people and tell them some of the key challenges that they encounter you know, in their job. For example, share with them in terms of their rejections, right? How do they deal with rejections, right? How do people reject them, reject the salespeople? Do they people reject to them just because, for, for example, they don't have budget? Or do they reject them because, you know what, at this point, uh, we already have existing solutions. We, um, we don't need to actually buy your services and the products. Or reject them just purely just for the sake of like, you know what, no thank you and with no reason whatsoever. Right. So talk about the rejection with the marketing people, because if you can categorize the number of the rejection, the sales, you know, you when I say you, I mean, salespeople that you encounter, it actually can help the marketing people to better uh, write content for you if they do that. Right. And 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 that some of the content that they create, they can use the pinpoint and the rejection that um, you uh, share and then create a piece of blog post and then say, hey, you know what? Even if you don't have a budget uh, to buy our product and services, but I still want to talk about, here's a couple of things that, that you should consider um, if you are evaluating new products or you are thinking about new tools in the future. Is that helpful? So that's one thing in terms of having the salespeople talking about some of the challenges they encounter. Second thing, is how sales measure themselves, right? Are they, of course, they probably be measured by quota and uh, revenues and etc. But there's probably other uh, key performance indicators, which is KPI. Maybe they also measure in terms of the number of the um, the design wins. Maybe they be measuring in terms of number of the pipeline. There's probably a several multiple uh, KPIs that the sales uh, people are being measured. And understand that measurement can also help the marketing people to adjust and optimize their marketing tactics. For example, um, if the sales qualify leads, there's a number of the sales qualify leads needs to be in the funnel. Okay, great. Maybe that's something that uh, the marketing people can do to actually increase the number of the marketing qualify lead to accelerate or increase that conversion. Does that make sense? So from my perspective, it's very, very important for salespeople to start talking, have a therapy session for crying out loud, because <laughs> you are marketing people. I'm joking, but I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm talking, what, I'm, what I mean. Of course, of course. <laughs> and um, and to share some of the challenges, share some of the, the issue you encounter, share how you be measured, and help them understand. And then they can um, then make a request you know, and say, can you help us, right? Once you start saying that to a marketing people, most of the time, marketing people are kind. What they want to do is they want to help you, right? 
So talk about some of the issues. Don't just do your job and expect the marketing people to understand. They don't. You know, it's just not. It just it's kind of like a, a relationship either between a husband and wife or a parent and a child, right? And uh, that that communication needs to be there in order to uh, build a better uh, relationship. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Pam. That was some very good counsel there. Pam, you've touched upon um you've touched upon in your in your discussion, in your conversation, you started to talk about you talked about tools and, and sh- the sharing of tools, leveraging tools for marketers to enable their colleagues in sales. To which I guess my question to you is, in the past couple of years, certainly in the B2B space, there has been this progressive march of artificial intelligence making an incursion into the world of B2B marketing and sales tools. How would you say sales enablement has changed as a result of AI empowerment, whether the tools themselves or the processes around the tools? Okay, that's a great question. But before I talk about AI or the um, you know the explosions of the tools that's available for all the B two B marketers out there, um, what is the purpose of technology or even AI? Okay, artificial intelligence. That is. Well, from my perspective, the technology or artificial intelligence, they have two fundamental purposes. They are uh, here to automate processes, okay, or the steps that we do to make our job easy. So one key purpose of the AI or technology is automation. You automate something so you can uh, focus your energy on something else. The other one is enable you to do something you have never been able to do before. Like it literally open a door and say, oh my God, before manual, you know, to do a manual work, I cannot do this. Now with AI or technology, I can. The greatest example is big data or data analytics, right? Take millions and millions of data and look at the patterns that uh, you human cannot possibly or manually do by themselves. So if you understand the purposes of AI and technology automation enable you to do something that you have never you have never a, ever been able to do it before, then let's look at how technology can actually help you. So understand what the technology is doing first and then you say, okay, let's see what AI or technology can help us. I understand I'm using AI and the technology interchangeably at this point. That's because I want to get a point across in terms of what is the function or the purpose of the technology. Now let's talk about AI, right? Again, artificial intelligence, same thing. It's like they, they, the, 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 the machine or um, the platform or the software uh, can mimic humans' behavior. That doesn't mean it has to be a robot. It doesn't. It can be a software that's been built that can mimic our thinking. For example, um, uh, AI ba- there's a lot of AI-based tools like uh, Alexa, right? Um, so I assume that, uh, Johnny, you know what Alexa is, yeah, right? It's yeah. a virtual assistant. Okay, of course, of course. That. Yeah, okay, good, yeah. good, 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 okay. Very <laughs> good. So again, it's a software that can actually mimic um, like humans are thinking and also responds to our question in a very logical or sometimes in a very quirky and a funny way. So that same analogy applies to AIs on the on the marketing front. 
Well, so what do marketing and also salespeople do? We communicate with people, right? So if we can find some sort of platform and tool that can mimic some of the human-like communication outreach for us, great. Maybe we don't have to do that or it can minimize some of our work, right? So is it possible that we can have, let's think about it, is it possible that we can have kind of like a tool to automatically respond to uh, your uh, prospect's questions, okay? All of a sudden, it's Alexa version, but on the B2B side, right? So there's a tool out there. I, th uh, it's, I, I like their tool, and it has been adopted by a lot of enterprises called Conversica. Right, the tool is AI-based. The, the, the virtual assistant can actually read the incoming email and then automatically creating an email to respond to that email. And uh, this virtual assistant uh, can also route the prospect, the, the prospect or the lead, called a lead routing, to a different salespeople. So when you are looking how AI can help you, Think about it in terms of what kind of communication that you do as a human, right? Is it possible you can use some sort of virtual system that can to replace that? But of course, you need to be um, you need to be cautious. You need to think through in terms of what's your workflow. You need to think uh, through in terms of what possible questions people tend to ask. What are some of the possible answers that you need to create? Create that kind of workflow first and then enable the machine to learn from it and then optimize it and take it from there. So that's one example I want to share with everybody in terms of what AI can help. And uh, another way that you can look at how AI can help is I wrote an article, um, a blog post, talking about three ways to evaluate AI to optimize your marketing. And this is not a very not very long blog post. It's really talking about, hey, you know what? AI is just another form of technology to help you. And um, then start asking a list of questions, right? There's obviously uh, nobody's process is perfect. We are always looking to new ways to improve our process. So start asking a list of questions. What if you have some automations that you need to do or the automation needs to be intelligent enough to read prospects' mails or automatically follow up, right? Once you started with the list of questions and then think through that, hey, how can I, use, how can I apply AI to it? Or you can start with evaluating and learning your existing MarTech. For example, if you are using Salesforce, they actually have a new, uh, they have an AI features called Einstein. We'll look into that, the marketing cloud Einstein, and see, you know, your existing MarTech or marketing uh, stack, uh, marketing technology stack, how you can use your current platforms with additional features that's AI-based to help you out more. And the lastly is think, um, Talk and think through in terms of the division between labor, you know, the division of labor between people and software, right? There are certain things you want the software to take over or machine to take over. What, What is that? And then evaluate if there's any AI tools out there to actually help you. So these are the three things in terms of and looking into AI to help you. Start asking a, a list of questions. Start by evaluating and learning the existing MarTech stack. Maybe there's the existing features that you can benefit and start with the division of labor between people and software. 
Pam, that's brilliant. Now we're coming towards the end of our time together, so I have a final question for you. Pam, if there is one thing you want the listeners, the audience who are listening to your your conversation with me today to do to make sure that they're in the know, you know, so a bit of advice to help them just get ahead in their life as a B2B marketer or B2B sales professional. What's one tip or one website or one book that you recommend that someone could do an action right now so that when they step into the office tomorrow, they can conquer their their realm? You know, one, that's a great question. I didn't think about it uh, in advance. If there's one thing, one advice I want to give to uh, your listener is um, look at uh, how you can do, look at your own processes and uh, look at how you do things and then see what you can do to make it better. And this can be, uh, you can uh, pilot and uh, do a free trial of new tools or it can be you try something totally different in terms of how you write your email or how you create, a con- how you create content. And uh, my advice is always trying something different because marketing is changing on a regular basis and you, you need to be open-minded um, in terms of uh, you cannot do the same thing over and over again and you need to change as well. So the the, the, the the new technology is coming, you know, uh, AI is just one of them and uh, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality is also coming. It will change how people consume content or uh, changing their behavior in terms of how they interact with the different marketing channels. You need to constantly thinking that what I need to do differently um, for the new um, consumer behaviors. Pam Didner, thank you for joining us on In The Know. You're welcome. And thank you so much for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Idio's demand orchestration platform learns from each interaction to improve engagement and accelerate demand at large B2B enterprises. You can now use AI to engage every buyer individually without marketing complexity. Find out more at idio.ai.